Hey, and welcome back to the Nerdcaster Podcast. I am the resident Nerdcaster Joe. And as you heard on our previous episode, that was part one of a three-part series. And we're back to bring you the next part of the Final Fantasy XV review. Again, John is in studio with my wife, Lori, and we talk about how far we are along in the Final Fantasy XV game and uh, what our thoughts are. So, enjoy. Um, well, I mean, if we wanted to get a little bit into the history of the development of the game, uh, I remember doing a student project back in 2008. It was a, a, a design project for a magazine spread, so I decided to do the history of Final Fantasy. And the last thing that I included on it was the development um, of 13. What was that? Yeah, back in 2008. And originally... 15 the way it is now um was final fantasy 13 versus part of this whole compilation uh package that square enix was releasing with 13 and then that ended up getting scrapped and then here we are eight years later and it is now final fantasy 15 i'm actually pretty excited that they decided to release it because when i heard that that uh versus was scrapped i had seen a couple of screenshots i saw a um you know a couple of different first looks um, at the game, and it looked really promising. I actually was more excited for Versus than it was for um, 13, so I was pretty upset when it was just like, okay, we're just kind of scrapping that whole part of it. But then I think it was maybe two or three years ago when 15 was announced, so I was pretty excited to see that they didn't, you know, 100% just give up on that idea. With, with how long it was in development, what were your thoughts going into this game, though? I thought I was going to be like Duke Nukem forever. You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea. This game has been development for so long. Um, what is it really going to do? I mean, you have all these challenges when a game has been in development for that you know length of time. It's just like you have improving technology, you have different frameworks, you have different, you know, engines that this game could possibly run on, you know. So originally, you know, 13 came out for the PS3. And it's just like, okay, now we've got to, you know, we've got to essentially redo a lot of the stuff for a new system. So I know that there's a lot of difficulties in that. And a lot of people, you know, they run into obstacles, they run into delays. So to be honest, I really didn't know what to expect with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've only played it for a couple of hours so far, just, you know, with work and everything. But I mean, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I'm actually pretty, you know, pretty happy with it, especially because, um, uh, I mean, I don't know about you guys and what your opinions are, but I was pretty, pretty disappointed with Final Fantasy Thirteen. How did you feel about that game, John? Um, Thirteen is probably, uh, you know, I'm not gonna hate Thirteen. Um, I do like it, but it's not. It's definitely not one of my favorites in the franchise. There are, you know, certain elements of it that I did actually like. Um, I think overall the game was a bit of a letdown. Um, I think the other thing with 13 that really bothered me was just the fact of um, how long uh, Square Enix really just played on 13 because, I mean, they made two sequels to the game. You know, and I know maybe part of that is because uh, 15 was in development for that long and everything. Um, But just the fact that they kept the whole... 13 story running through two more games which i i did play both of those um i don't feel like they are essential games to the collection um you know me being a collector of you know a lot of 
different Final Fantasy type things. Um, I don't own the two sequels to, to 13 because I sold them <laughs> after I finished them. And I'm not big on uh, selling games. So, I mean, that should tell you really, you know, how I feel about about 13 specifically. But um, going back to what you said about, you know, 15 being in development for so long and everything, um, I was really excited for this game. Um but I started to try and bring my hype down because, like you said, when something is in development for that long, and especially when uh, a release date for a game gets pushed back, um, you know, it seemed like this game was going to be coming out. I think, you know, it, it seemed pretty set in stone that it was coming out in September and then it got pushed back another two months. Things like that kind of throw red flags and. You know, I was trying to bring that hype level down because I didn't want to be let down <laughs> when I hopped into the game. But from what I can say, um, I'm definitely not let down. I'm, I'm actually really loving 15. And uh, I would have to say at this point already, <laughs> it's it's a better game than 13 by far. So, yeah, just from playing it for a couple of hours again, I was just really impressed with um, just a lot of it, just my initial impression, because just like you, I was just trying to, you know, I'm trying to bring my hype level down. I'm trying not to get too excited about the game um, because I had overhyped 13 so much. I loved Final Fantasy 12. That's probably that Final Fantasy 12 is in my top three. I uh, thought it was, you know, hugely underrated. Um, so much fun to play. So I would just, you know, really when 13 came out and I was reading a lot of, you know, pretty good things about it, I was just really excited for it. And then, you know, as I'm playing, I'm 25 hours into the game and I'm just kind of like, did this game, I just feel like this game hasn't really gotten started yet. You know what I mean? And it was, um, that was a definitely a big letdown. It was the first Final Fantasy in the franchise where I was like, you know, maybe this isn't such a great game, you know, and I hated having that realization because I just wanted to love it so badly. So I think that's a stark contrast um, between 13 and 15 right out the gate is that you really don't even get to that open world aspect, which isn't even really that vast until you're practically done with 13. Uh, 15, as soon as the game begins, I mean, you're really just thrown right into the open world and you can really just do whatever you want. You know, there's so much exploration to be done and the, the vastness of the game right off the, the starting point is just, you know, that, that is something that I just found really impressive was that it just gave you that ability to explore and, you know, no real direction. And that, and that's probably one of the biggest complaints you'll hear people talk about um with 13 is that it's too linear and this is not is it's not that at all so well before we go any further just to, to give some clarity um to people who don't know uh final fantasy 14 which comes in between 13 and 15 is an online mmo rpg which is why we are leaving it out of this this conversation and, and we'll probably bring that up on a, a and dedicate to a, a show later on uh that being said we can continue back with 15 uh, what I actually one of the things I actually really like about fifteen too, just in the and I just noticed this right in the beginning, was um, you know when you're getting introduced to things or when you're you know going out in the open world, it it reminded me a lot of fourteen. 
You or know at least- the first thing I remember from the game? And like I said, I've been in and out of sleep playing this because, uh, uh, again, with, with our busy schedules right now, I haven't really got to delve in as much as used to, is um, a, a female Sid this time with huge knockers. <laughs> That that's like the first thing that that I really saw. I'm like, wow. Well, you couldn't not see it exactly. <laughs> but I'll let you you start from the beginning because I I um, was not really privy to that too much yet. No, I, I uh, you know, yeah. When I when I first met Cindy, Sydney, I think it's Cindy or Sydney. Cindy, Cindy, Cindy. Um, <laughs> um. I uh, I was actually pretty um, taken aback, just out of surprise, and I was just kind of like, <laughs> "Really, Square Enix? It's her, you know." I I mean, I don't I don't mind, you know, the body type. I don't mind, you know, the clothing. I cannot stand her voice. The southern, <laughs> the southern accent, the paw paw, <laughs> paw paw. I don't think I think you're right on that aspect. Like I. The voice really doesn't fit to the location. Nobody else really talks like that except for her. Right. So it doesn't really make sense. Like, you know, if everyone was kind of talking like that, um, it would be a different story. But the fact that really she talks like that, I mean, I don't really know what they were playing at. Um, As far as I'm concerned, she's not the real Sid because there is a Sid in the game. Spoiler alert. But <laughs> it's not her. <laughs> um, what did you feel about in the beginning when they're pushing the when they're pushing the car? Um, what is the regalia? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Stand by Me starts playing. I well, I, I'll answer real quick. I, I kind of got taken aback by that. I'm used to Final Fantasy having its own original music that I didn't expect, like a 1980s uh, pop song. To be in this video game, so it, um, it it definitely surprised me. No, he's being nice. He was straight up pissed off when he heard it. <laughs> I again, I'm used to having the original music. I mean, we, we've gone to concerts to see Final Fantasy music, and I'm getting that in the game. It, it kind of disappointed me a little bit. Yeah, what what did you think, John? Um, well, one one note to kind of play on that kind of goes with that, too, is something they say right in the very beginning of the, uh, not the game, but like the load up screen and everything like that, is that this is a game for Final Fantasy fans and new Final Fantasy fans. So I think Square Enix was smart in a sense that they, you know, are catering this game to a much greater audience than just, you know, their hardcore Final Fantasy fans like us. Um, it's it's definitely something more mainstream. There's been a lot of advertisements everywhere you look um, for this game. Um, you know, the, the whole style of the game, it's just, it's going to draw in a lot of new players. Um, personally, I didn't have a problem with uh, Stand By Me because it was done by Florence Welsh, and I absolutely love Florence and the Machine. Um, you know, I, I following the production of this game and everything, I knew that that song was going to be in the game. Um, Florence and the Machine actually did four or five songs, I think, that were part of this whole Final Fantasy 15 
exper- experiment sort of thing that they're involved with. Um, whether the other songs appear in the game, I don't know. I, I was okay with it. And actually, going back to 13, uh, they actually had a lot of the music in that game uh, done by Leona Lewis, who nobody probably even knows who that is anymore. But at the time, she was you know, a pretty relevant uh, pop singer. And honestly, I think you can even kind of go back to other Final Fantasy games that, um, you know, will have like a live vocal uh, track that maybe somebody that's more known in Japanese culture rather than American culture, like, um, you know, whoever's saying uh, Eyes on Me in Final Fantasy VIII. Fei Wong. Yeah, and I mean, you can even look at, um, you know, uh, Utada Hikaru in Kingdom Hearts. I mean, she's pretty big in Japan, I think. That's an you know? awesome game. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I, anyway, the point is, Stand By Me didn't really bother me so much. Um, and going back to the regalia, I think, you know, another aspect is because Final Fantasy games are known for their soundtracks. Um, you know, there's such classic songs from every single game. My favorite part of the regalia is that you can actually listen to soundtracks from other Final Fantasy games, and you can actually buy them from uh, different shops, um, you know, across the game. So you have, you know, you can buy a new soundtrack, which is from another Final Fantasy game, to listen to while you're driving around. So I think that's really cool. Really? So I can listen to triple triad music while I'm in the regalia? Uh, that may actually be one of the songs on there. I'm not too sure, but I, I feel like that is one of the songs. <laughs> I love that song. Well, you know, yeah. it's the whole thing with the live vocals that never, like, I always loved the live vocals in the, um, you know, whenever they were present in the Final Fantasy soundtrack. I don't think it was so much that there were live vocals, but the fact that it was a cover of an already existing song, that's kind of like, well... You know, tastefully done, and, and, you know, honestly, I would probably download the song on iTunes because I really liked it. You mean you already have? I have not. I won't judge you. (laughs) (laughs) At least not yet. But um, it kind of, like, does it, but, you know, does it feel out of place? But then again, it's just, like, you can make the, um, I mean, look at what's happening. You have, like, four friends, you know, guy friends. They're pushing a car. They're they're, They're about to embark on, you know, obviously this great big adventure, and then you look at the film Stand By Me and what happens to these four kids, you know, all really close friends. So it's just like, I, you know. The, the Stephen th- King short story Stand By Me? Is that, that yeah, that's what you're talking about, right? The, one, the, the ones that are going to look for the dead body on the screen. Yeah. Tra- okay. I'm just, there was a film adaptation. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, there, there's also multiple movies with, with that name. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm referring to one with um, like River Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, Jerry O'Connell. And, um, you know, Kiefer Sutherland, and I don't remember the other two actors. And but Chopper. Chopper, whatever. Um, and Lardass. But it's like the, you know, the, 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 there's a correlation there, and I feel like that that was done on purpose. So it's, it's a little bit more acceptable to me. I agree with that, too. I mean, knowing, uh, it, Stand By Me in general is, is an emotional song. Um, you know, it obviously is about a struggle and, um, you know, just having those people there to kind of, have your back through the whole thing. So this 15 game has been promoted as, you know, an emotional journey. Um, You know, the creators have talked about this game really pulling at fans' heartstrings and, you know, by the end of the game, you're going to be sad that you beat the game. Well, (laughs) 
Probably. <laughs> oh, I'm man. actually staying don't... far away yeah. from anything online because I don't want to know anything. Um, I really want to have that surprise, you know, of whatever's going to come um, on my own terms, you know. Um, yeah, I also have not looked at anything. I'm just saying you, you're, you're, it sounds like you're foreshadowing that, so. Right. I'm assuming that it's going to be an emotional ending, and if if not in a sense that, you know, something tragic really happens, I think it's just the fact of um, this bond between these four guys, one of them who is royalty, and really um, throughout the entire game, it's, it's really kind of playing on this uh, friendship and this bond and you know, supporting this guy in his in his quest, and uh, you know they're all in on it together. And um, one of the uh, features of this game too um, is the fact that uh, Prompto is like this photographer, and every time you rest at camp, there's screenshots that he has taken. Um, you know, as you're playing um, from up to that point. Um, every time before you rest, you know, he has new screenshots, whether it's you're fighting something, um, you know, out in the field, out in town, talking to an NPC. And I really think it gives it that kind of personal level. So you're kind of developing this attachment between these characters. You know, they're taking selfies together, believe it or not. And, you know, it's just really bringing that whole um, that whole aspect into the game, which you see a lot of it in other final fantasies but i'm not really sure that it's it's been touched on as much as it is in this game like it's really pushing that whole bond thing you know between friends so can i say that you know i first set up camp in the game how much i really enjoyed you know i didn't expect it at all and i really enjoyed the fact that square enix did that you know they made this kind of different you don't level up in the game until you make camp um, you know, and there are a few dialogue pieces that happens when you go to camp. Obviously, I've only been able to see about three or four of them so far because I haven't been, you know, uh, playing the game that long. But I really enjoy it. I, I feel like it's super realistic. It's just like, yeah, they have to, you know, when you, um, you know, it's not as simple as, you know, I'm going to use the tent, you know, and my items and, you know, replenish my HP and my MP. It's actually people, you know, making camp and, you know, things happen and, it's, it, you know, it, it becomes part of the story. And that'll do it for the second part of our three-part Final Fantasy XV First Look review. Join us next time when we'll dig deeper into the plot and characters and give you our final thoughts on what we think of the game so far. That being said, I'd like to thank Dr. Machismo for our theme music and John and Lori for being my guests again this week. Until next time, we're out. (laughs) 